today's topic for the music gaming talk will be workflow. I'm here with Nick from Monochrome Sound. Um, we will play some games today as well on the way talking through the topic. Um, we will play some Fall Guys, maybe some other games in the end as well. But yeah, we will start with Fall Guys. I never played it myself before. Um, Nick also didn't, so we will see what happens. <laughs> I guess we will um, kind of fail a little bit in the uh, in the beginning. Uh, maybe we can figure out later. Um, so yeah, let's talk about workflow in music. Um, we all we both prepared five questions for each other that everyone mm -hmm. will um, answer and question the other person. And nobody knows what questions the other guy had prepared. So I can just start if you if you don't mind, I just start with the first one I got for you. And yeah, um, I, I would maybe say some general words about workflow and what we yeah, sure. what we actually mean by it. Um, like workflow basically is how how you work on on the music. Um, it it there are different workflows for different um, situations like this. If you're producing, you have another workflow than um, when you're mixing or when you're mastering or like every task um, requires different um, different workflows and different um, yeah approaches really. And um, so we, we will probably discuss just like our general approach and also uh, more specific stuff like templates, um, maybe or maybe even like plugins we we like to use in our workflow that makes sense in the context of our workflow and stuff like that. So um, yeah, prepare to to hear a lot about um, how we actually yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let let me. I, right. I will just ask you the first question then. Mainly, I'm using like two doors. Um, one is Logic. Um, if I'm doing like mixing or like stem mastering, and the other one is uh, uh, WaveLab when I'm like mastering exclusively. And the first thing is basically in Logic, I select my template. Um, I open the program and um, I have like a few different templates. Mainly, I'm using my my favorite one, which is like kind of general purpose. I select that and and open it. And in WaveLab, it's kind of similar. In WaveLab, the door opens, and um, I select. Yeah, basically, also a template specific to the project I'm, so, I'm working so on. So you you got like like a template is something like you you prepare for your project um, that has like yes. a lot of plugins already prepared that you always use in certain uh, ways or certain yeah. cases. So um, what does your template look like? What what, what does it's, it have covered? Yeah, it, it's uh, it's not really that much uh, plugins, really. It's the main reason to have a template is the routing. Um, mm -hmm. Because this takes time to set up um, and you, if you're starting and, and working on stuff, you don't want to waste time on routing your audio. Basically, what that means is uh, subgroups. Let's say um, I do a, um, a drum subgroup or a bass subgroup or like instruments, vocals. So this kind of like a, like a, 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 a so a, a addition of a different like let's say uh, you have like a kick, snare, hi hat, and you put this onto a bus. That's what you call a bus, and they all exactly. go into that one channel, right? 
exactly like this yeah. is like the like a, a sub mix bus if you want and um so i have these set up and also like color coded which is nice because in my template for example the drums are always red so everything that's red in my session i know intuitively this is drums related um same as with bass bass is dark green um instruments are usually blue vocals are like pink um so this is like basically organization organize your session uh, this is really the first thing i want to think about um when starting a project mm-hmm. so and... like you open the you open the door like load the stems in and then you 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 just get into your template which has already figured out like what routings you want to do like with kick and snare or with different um um with different um instrument groups and then you just start color coding them like drums are always red for example or whatever colors you want to set and i think like the big i do that as well and i think like the biggest advantage is like whenever you get back into the project in a later time you always know what's where and everything Mm. is fine i guess and and also it stays the same from session to session so like just in every faster in every session I ever worked on, the drums are red. So even if I open a session from five years ago, I still know in the first two seconds what's going on and where everything is. So that's the first thing you do when you open up your door. Generally speaking, uh, like when I open the door and start a project, um, I will spend the first maybe half an hour or 15 minutes organizing the stuff. So I I put the tracks in, I uh, check if if everything is labeled correctly, I check um, if every like if anything is missing, like just play it back if it makes sense, if it has the same start point. Um, you, you know, like if there's no, no set off between different stems. Um, then I put everything in the right subgroups so it's like organized and I can quickly find stuff like, or I can basically, I can mute the subgroup or the, the bus of the drums. So um, I have like the mix without the drums and I can just move qu- quickly. Like this kind of organization is the first yeah. thing I do, no matter if I'm mixing or um, if I'm mastering. With mastering, it's a little bit different. Uh, the first thing is after obviously opening the template, I import the tracks. Um, if it's an album, I check if it's the right order. I check the naming of the of the uh, tracks, and then it's usually uh, like cleanup work, basically just like preparation, prepare the the audio files for the actual session. So I'm not like two hours into mixing and then I realize, oh, this vocal is maybe a bar too late or. Um, there's like artifacts in, in, in the silence of the, like when the bass is not playing, there's some hum or like noise or um, maybe the stem is incorrect. There's like drums on the bass, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you want to check that in advance. So when you're actually working, you're you're not getting interrupted by that bullshit. Yeah, true, true. That's That's a good point. What's the first thing I do when I open up my door? I think like depending on what stage I am in the in in a track. So let's say I'm I'm starting for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um I think I always just 
open up a piano and just play from there. So I, what I what I love to do is writing to an a cappella. I usually start with the contact piano. I love the um, the giant is my favorite piano for pretty much anything. And it's native instruments, right? Yeah, from native instruments from the contact library. And I love to write to a cappella. This is like the where I'm the strongest, I would say, like just just hearing an a cappella and write music to it. So um, hopefully the first thing I do is like loading in an a cappella that I got sent from someone. And then I just sit at the piano and play to it and write some music to it. So that's actually all I do. And as you know already, I'm like a person who like doesn't do anything unnecessary. Um, I just go as fast as I can and I just write. I don't even, I don't Mm. even route anything to the mixer or something when I start writing. I just try to get out like everything as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, so the, keep the, the, the keep the flow up. So otherwise, my my workflow is is kind of killed. If I start doing like little clicks, I could do it later as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense if you if you're Wait, like but... doing music. Also, the sun asked Nick, do you also make music apart from mixing and mastering? I mean, as a producer or in a band? Just curious. Um. I used to. I used to play in um, in a few big bands. Um, we had a jazz combo. Um, what instrument? We had a rock band. Um, I was playing bass, and I'm 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 still occasionally um, playing. So this bass is your time right the... now to get out the bass jokes. So yeah, feel free to yes, do some bass jokes. Yes, there are a lot of them, so don't hold <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep no, going. No, it's um, yeah, and. Basically, I I play piano and bass. Um, the, then also like guitar, but more like self-taught, like just like acoustic guitar, um, classic chords, and um, but not like a huge solo guitar guy. Um, yes, and uh, like I, from time to time, I have jobs as uh, a session musician, like. But these these were like the last one was like three years ago I think or two years ago. So I could um, book you on on playing bass. You could do that um, if you want to have like a really shitty bass line. You should do that. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> no. It's it's basically I I like I I just do it for friends basically, not like anything commercial. I I wanted to do that um, as a career, but then I noticed. I'm way better at engineering because I ended up engineering everything anyway. So yeah, this this was um, basically. Then I decided, okay, it's just for fun, and I'm only playing um, occasionally. Uh, I wouldn't trust an engineer who is not a musician somehow. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Um... And I can confirm, like, I'm, I'm the kind of person when, when it comes to mixing my own stuff, I like when someone brings in own ideas and not just strictly goes for, yeah. I don't know, not thinking about it, just mixing it. So usually when we work on music together, um, not rarely it happens that we restructure anything in the track because Nick is bringing in an idea or something. So that's what I really enjoy. Um, working with Nick. I told this mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I used to play in the school choir, but I played the piano there. 
I think I learned a lot there, not like like playing wise, but I never had like a sheet with notes or something. Um, but I always I always had like only the lyrics and there were written down some chords above. And I always mm -hmm. had, from from there on I always had to play what came into my mind to what makes sense to the track. Um, so yeah, that that taught me a lot actually. Nick, you can come up with your first question. Did your workflow uh, change throughout the years? Yep, one hundred percent. Like, I it's everything changed from when I started. That that's what I can say. Um, I used to I used to be like uh, I started out with like making hip hop stuff, like hip hop beats. That was okay. like the first thing I did when I was making music. Um, and then I got into electronic music and obviously electronic music is a lot about like sound and sound design and having a big sound like making it sound big and I think everyone who ever tried to make an electronic song knows what I mean right now the way I was working was like starting with the drop and trying to get it mixed to a point where I would say like yeah, this is banging now. And I never got to the point that it's really banging. And this hold me back to finish anything. I didn't ever finish mm. a single track because of that. Because I always was like, okay, you gotta you gotta get this drop sound perfect. Otherwise this mm. track doesn't make sense. And yeah, it's mostly never got above that phase. At some point I started to change that completely because yeah, that was for a few years and you always feel like, yeah, you make no progress and stuff. You're disappointed. I, I probably throughout the time I s stopped making music for at least two, three, five mm -hmm. times. I don't know. Stopped completely, sometimes for a few months, sometimes for a few weeks. Okay. And uh, at some point I started to, um, to just make the songwriting first and change uh, or finish the track completely and then get into like making it sound good. Also, what you realize when you work like this um, is if it even works, like if it's not working without any mixing or let's say it's not working at all, then it won't mm -hmm. work with a mix as well. Um, yeah. Yep. So if you get it right, like with the right sounds, the right settings from the start, then mixing it will make it sound super good. And yeah. Um, there's no when point, I like when in, I started in doing this, to mix a bad production. yeah, and also it kills your workflow so much if you always go back and forth, and 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 the problem is also you get so because after so if you try to make it perfect from the start, you have heard your idea like a million times before you can move forward, and then you also start struggling with the actual idea. You think like is that even good? Uh, mm. Should I is should I skip this or I don't know. Um, so that's Wait. also like harming you. Right now I'm just finishing the track from 0 to 100 until I think like, okay, right now I don't need to change anything anymore and then we get into like mixing. I think like mm. whenever I send you something, it, I hope so at least, <laughs> it's, it sounds kind of ready or, already. Um, and that that's something uh, that changed like through within the last two years um, that in the beginning when we started working together um, 
we we had we had to go a lot lot like back and forth to to make stuff yeah. sound ready. We have to we had to maybe throw out stuff uh, or like re reproduce uh, certain elements. And um, right now, it's basically like the production is cleaned up. It's working together, and what I'm really doing is I'm just enhancing. Stuff. That changed definitely, and I think, um, I mean, th this this might also uh, the reason might also be that uh, your workflow enhanced and uh, yeah, you enhance your I workflow so. in a way, um, and you just got faster and uh, more confident with uh, your production. Yeah, and I th I think like um, experience is like the most important thing about it, like. I know my tools right now, and I'm. I think like when I, when I make tracks, um, I sometimes I finish a track like the whole songwriting phase. I finish in like two hours, and yeah, then then I get into it at the next day and just do some refinement with fresh ears, which is also important. But yeah, I think the pro, biggest advantage pro. that I have doing that is that I'm not that used to an idea yet, so. So you never get back that first listen. Um, so you only get this one, two, three times, and then it's over for your track with a fresh listen. Yeah. And working fast is definitely the biggest advantage right here. We try to mix while recording already because it's way more fun listening to it and get the feeling and motivation up. That helps a lot. Plus you get a feeling for what might be missing or too much frequency wise. Um, I think like for live instruments, 100% agree on that because when I, when I record a guitar, I mean like how boring sounds a guitar when you play it into your sound machine and there's like no effects on it. Like let's say you want to have a rocky solo playing and no effects on it is just the most boring thing ever. Um, there I do it as well. Um, but I think like on synth sounds, I I don't usually do any mixing. Um, um, yeah, it, th this is something like where these like both worlds of like maybe electronic music production and um, like organic music like very much split apart because like if you're in an in a recording situation with with a band um you you actually you have to make decisions you have to make a lot of lot decisions because it's often in the way how you record certain things that's your sound and you're not going to you know you're not be able to change it afterwards like with, like with a synth so um, a lot of times with bands is actually sitting in the studio and maybe trying to figure out how how the track how the how the album is gonna sound. Um, this is a huge part. Um, usually, like the way you describe it is you you basically you don't care about the sounds and start like writing the music. Um, and with with bands in a, in a recording studio is they usually they have their song already written and then it's like about the instrumentation and arrangement maybe um and and yeah basically to get to try different sounds and see what's working and then decide on that on spot because the more you you decide when recording um the the faster you're you're actually at your goal 
this is like I don't, I don't know if if you if you can can feel that um with with the production but in in recording it's definitely the way you make like basically the best sounding recordings if you if you like constantly making decisions you have to find the right workflow for the task you're achieving if you're like writing music you you have like you want to let your creativity like room to bloom and and uh, you want to get ideas out so you have to be able to like move quickly and lay down ideas quickly as soon as they come to your mind um the next step i would say is basically arranging your song uh, maybe experiment with with sound design and then you you want to basically uh imagine how how your song is going to be laid out what's maybe what sound is panned uh maybe like basically get an idea of how the so- how the song could sound in the end and then you will want to focus on that in mixing you basically you want to make everything work together no. properly and and this is um i think that's that's why why having a workflow for the, these different stages is uh, important um just because to be able to like structure the the different stages if if you're if you're writing your music and you already start mixing it, um, I mean, like everyone's you, different. That's that's also yes, yes. But it's, but in the end, it's it's uh, it's still a, like a creative process, and and uh, you can do things or stuff the the way you want. But it makes sense to to split to split certain things um, and maybe focus on the on the writing first before the mixing and don't like try to mix the song before it's even like written. I think you almost answered this one already. How do you, because yeah. my question would be, how do you organize your session? And then like regarding, as I know, you mix and master yeah. stuff, like regarding um, mixing and mastering. But yeah, you kind of already answered it, but you can sum it up. Again I can, yeah, quickly. I just can recap. Um, how do I organize the session? So, um... Um, I, I I just cover mastering first because this is like pretty simple. Yeah. Um, with it really doesn't change uh, regarding like singles or albums. I basically I open the uh, the door, my wave lab. I put the tracks in. I basically start uh, cleaning them up, like do fades on the beginning and the end. Um, just to get like. Yeah, sort out the fades, maybe even like cut some some noises or some clicks and pops in the beginning. Um, then I do the um, the transitions between the songs, um, start and endpoint basically, uh, fades between the songs, and yes, that's basically it. I also, yeah, and then I, I also do the the gain structure, maybe um, just like get, gain the clip. Uh, on the level um, in logic with stems and like stem mastering or mixing tasks it's a bit more difficult or like complex yeah, I because call. you just have more stems and stuff exactly yeah. so the first thing is i i spot all the audio files and see what's going on what yeah, probably like, what like kind... every every producer probably also sends like stems in a different way so yeah like already like 
getting to know what he actually wants from you is probably the at at the start probably like the hardest part. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, and and also, I mean, if if you if you didn't talk with a guy previously about the stems, uh, there, there's some weird shit happening with stems sometimes, and you really have to figure out and have you have to listen to you have to listen to them in solo to to get an idea. Then I uh, I check the labels. If everything is labeled correctly. Oh yes, the, and this is something I do with mastering as well. Import the, the tracks and then check if everything is named correctly. Um, because people tend to like bounce output one, two. This is just common. And you don't want to figure out later what's output one, two gonna sound like. Is it the bass? Is it drums yeah. or... Um, but wait, people so, do send you like stems with like not named yep, yep, instruments. Yep, happened. Stuff? Like, oh wow! I got like one time I I got a whole fo folder like twelve tracks called output one two, and I oh, had what? to go through. <laughs> yeah, I have to I had to go through all of them and figure out. So in logic, uh, check the naming. Then I know what's going on on the stems. Then I color code them. Again, drums red, bass green, instruments blue, vocals pink, something like that. Like just like, and this is this is always the same. It's um, it's the same colors in every session. So I'm, if I'm looking at something red, I know it's drums. It's something drum related, kick, snare, percussion, whatever. Um, so I, when I look at a session, I I quickly know where all the stuff is and and what's happening and what's playing right now. Um. Then I proceed with uh, with grouping it into subgroups. Um, so all the drums go onto, onto my drum bus. The next thing, like, yeah, bussing, um, drum subgroup, bass subgroup, vocal subgroup, just so you are able to move quickly. Um, you can mute whole sections, like if you if you just only want to hear the vocals in solo, want like backing vocals and lead vocals and check like check their relations. You just solo the, the subgroup of the vocals and you get all the vocals. Uh, same with the drums. If you like only want to focus on mixing the, the drums or fine-tuning the drums in itself, then um, you just solo it or you just mute it. So it, it makes a lot of sense. And also you're, you're able to do bus processing on the different tracks. Um, Basically, if you want to need, uh, or if you want to add some saturation on on every bass track, you you can save some CPU power by putting uh, your saturation plugin only on uh, on the subgroup of the bass, not on every single bass track. Yeah, so that's the reason of, of subgrouping, um, and then also. Good thing to check is if everything has the same start point, if everything's playing together correctly, so there are no like weird surprises, like yeah, the vocal yeah. is a two a few bars late. Um, just really, you you try to structure everything, you try to set up everything, the routing, the busing, ev like everything that allows you to once you start actually mixing and. Um, like basically start the creative process of of mixing um no, none of this this bullshit 
gets you in the way. Now, organizing too much takes away from my creative flow, which I think is a good thing that I don't do as well. Um, when you're writing and you're in your creative zone, don't do... At least that's my way. I mean, like, everyone's different, but I would definitely support your... Um, what you said, because um, when I write the track, just the real, the actual writing, um, I never do anything that can be done later. Like, I don't color code, I don't organize, I don't do anything. And when I finish that creative phase, and I really go from zero to 100 there to not lose my creative flow, and then I'd start doing this kind of stuff. Like, how do I organize my session? Um, I think I'm like not organized at all. Um, mm -hmm. when I write, as I said, um, so when I finish the writing phase, I always have a fixed structure, how I, um, um, how my playlist looks like. So I always start with drums, bass, vocal, chords, lead sound, FX. So that, that's always the same. So I also already know how, where I am in my project, if I open it up, like, later and I don't know what happened in the project so you always know where everything is that's what I also do and if I would mix I would also color code them with like drums are red for me basses are dark dark blue or something vocals are yellow leads are pink chords are green and affixes are light blue uh, I mean like yeah everyone is different on that mm. one but yeah that's how I organize my session. Nothing really special, actually. I what what all what what I can tell as well is I do have more. I have two two screens, and one screen is always the 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 playlist and the sounds that I use right now. And mm -hmm. on the other screen, I always have the mixer, so um, it's never in my way, that, or I have to yeah, that, get it up or stuff. I think like makes, a, a big screen and and like. Um, lots of space definitely helps to keep your workflow up so you don't have to go back and forth all the time you can put it on the side and get it back when you need yeah. it and I, mean, I also have like a 40 inch screen in front of me like it's actually a TV I would say <laughs> so maybe that's it, it a little is, bit overkill yeah. but um, yeah I, I once I, I did it and I got used to it I could never go with the smaller mm -hmm. screen anymore so yeah I'm actually I mean, playing I mean, on a 40 inch screen right now as I, well. When I was at Mark's place, we had like this super widescreen monitor, like LG, like this curved super wide, I don't know, um, which is like one meter 30 uh, wide. And like you really underestimate uh, the, the screen real estate. It is super helpful yeah. um, just because you can like uh, because of all the stuff you can put on it. What was the biggest re revelation for you regarding workflow? Um, like the most like mind-blowing change or something? Exactly, like the, like the thing that changed your workflow. I realized that I don't finish any tracks because, as I said, I was always in the face of getting the mix perfect first and there was never a perfect, so I never finished uh, the tracks that I made. And I got mad and I was frustrated and I don't even know how I came up with it, like doing the writing first completely, like really from zero to 100. But I remember that I was like, okay, I have to do something else. This doesn't work for me. You never change, uh, you never finish any tracks. 
So um, mm-hmm. you have to do something. And at first it was really hard for me like to get away from mixers and stuff to not touch anything. Felt really yep. weird. And I can highly recommend you to force yourself as well, trying it out if you didn't ever do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just force yourself to just finish the track from zero to 100 and then touch mixer and stuff. Um, it, it really helps. After a few projects, I got used to it and now I love it. And I think I rarely ever not finish an idea. Um, or I, I don't remember a single song that I didn't finish lately in the last year or something. I finish everything I do right now with that workflow. Yeah, yeah that's, and that's I'm, nice. And I'm usually very quick on finishing tracks, but I also don't force myself. I'm I'm not like... Let's say like there's one month of making music. It can be that I don't touch the door for like three weeks. And then in that one week, I do like four tracks, four complete tracks in four days or something. Mm. Um, this can happen. And then I leave it for two, three weeks again. So it really helps me. And it doesn't mm-hmm. make me too forced on. Yeah. So there's always this little voice in your head that says you should touch the door Again, you didn't touch it for a while. I release every three weeks since the beginning of 2020. And I think like I released, how many tracks did we do? Like 12, 13 right now? Something like this. And it really works for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I really, I don't touch the door often. Like you're maybe twice, yeah. twice a month, I would say. Yeah. And then like, but On if average. you're really, if you really want to make a track, then you just sit down and maybe a day later the track is yeah. almost finished. Usually I, I type Nick, I have I had a producing night again. There's two tracks yeah. tomorrow for you. Yeah. <laughs> that that yeah, happens that's... a lot of times. For me personally, it's it's kind of a journey because um, I'm usually constantly trying to change my workflow or not not trying to change why the workflow but um i it it, it happens um with uh, with mastering i think my workflow changed dramatically not too long ago this uh, it was when i got wave lab and um also yeah, so wave lab was I, a door station as well just for everyone exa- who yeah, doesn't know yeah yeah gonna exactly very very um, unpopular i would say it's just strictly for mastering people yes it's a, it's a mastering door um and basically i i would say these two things combined the the wave lab door and my uh my analog setup um if for the guys out there i'm like i'm mastering on a like 100 percent analog setup um of course, I'm I'm using some plugins, but the main tasks I also I always do in in an analog. Like I have two EQs, two compressors, and um, a few other things. Yeah, so just analog to get means like an actual hardware, actual stuff, analog yeah. hardware. Yeah. Um, and this helps me a lot just because the fact that I don't have the choice of three thousand million plugins. Yeah, so that sucks as I'm, well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm using basically the same uh, one, two, three, four, like the same five devices or six devices on every track. I know how they sound. I know how they work. I know the sweet spot of them. 
and I know how to get the the job done with these things. And no, it's not like it's not like they are like super specialized stuff. Like for example, like they 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 tend to not have a sound. That's why they are also mastering devices. They I can do jazz with them, but I also can do like Niku's EDM stuff using the same compressor stuff that needs to be um, loud <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and then yeah basically the, the the workflow is i'm I'm using plugins in front like fab filter eq for example and oh it, then it's it's going out into the analog chain it's coming back and then it's uh, it's getting limited um depending on the track fab filter limiter is, is a great choice obviously and um and that's it like there's nothing more and then basically uh this really streamlined my process to to move quickly and to to get like consistent results strict organization versus creative freedom what do you prefer uh freedom Exactly. Uh, but it, but um, it, it depends on what phase are you in. Like if I'm writing, definitely freedom, because as I said, I don't do anything, so that's the mm -hmm. most freedom it can get, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when I would get into like, I used to mix my stuff in. So what I used to, I had like three phases when I did everything myself, which mm -hmm. obviously didn't do the same results as it does now when I work with you, but. If I would do it myself, I would just go open a project, write the song there, export all the stems, open a new project, get this into a new brand new project with like mm -hmm. only yep. the stems and this is your mixing project. Then I export it out to a stereo master and then I master it in a third project. That's how I used to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the, the further we get to the mastering stage, the more organization is the focus. Yeah, I would say. And, and I think this is this is where we actually like oh prefer, de depending on on our on our job in the process, we prefer other stuff. Like you prefer to create a freedom because you're a producer, obviously. Yeah, sure. I prefer like the organization because I have to stay organized yeah. to be able to master and mix the stuff properly and not get lost in big sessions what's the workflow killer for you social media calls <laughs> yeah so anything that distracts um, you from your current task yeah. um, just turn off your phone or i i never have like the tone on on my phone when wherever i am and when whatever i do so yeah same. if i don't want because... so usually you see when your light goes up and when i'm producing I just lay it on the side and turn it around, and that's yeah. like doing oh. turning it off. Um, oh. Yes, be, be, because like um, I I am I'm having my my phone on mute uh, all the time. Yeah, me Except too. when except when I really um, expect an important call, just because I want to be the one uh, to be in control, and I want to decide. Okay, now it's time to check Instagram. I don't want to see that my Instagram feed. I also have the notifications turned off, um, just because I don't want the phone to dictate me when to look at it. <laughs> I don't know. The other like important workflow killer is is completely caused by myself, which is being not organized. Just if you 
I, and and this is where where I regret. I every, every time I regret not doing the prepara- preparation correctly. Hmm. Um, if I don't ask the produ- producer if like if something sounds a little bit off, and I don't ask the producer if if there's something wrong. If I have a feeling that the vocal is not like where it should be, and I, and I ignore it because it somehow works. Um, or if there's like any noise or any clicks or whatever on on the stems, and I basically I don't tell the mixer or the producer what's what I'm gonna hear. The first thing they they tell me in, in the feedback is, um, dude, the the vocal is is like four bars off. How how did you not hear this? And um, yeah, and ba- and basically, I have to do one or two revisions, just because I did not ask if the stems I became no. are were correctly. And this is this is because this is why I really advise everyone to to do like this cleanup work and, and preparation, because it's it's it just saves you time like in the long run and especially if you're working for clients and it's it's really that it's really like that every time i don't do it um it swings back at me and uh yeah and and even like if it's a huge project and i and i have to spend one or two hours just listening through the stems and taking notes and maybe Calling the the, yeah, just fix the client. From the start, I guess. Just <laughs> just take the time, and it's 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 worth 100% of the time because when you're not doing it, um, it fires back. It's yeah. I would say like my workflow killer would be like starting to mix when I'm writing tracks. I just write the tracks directly from start to finish, and then I go into the next mm. phase of doing refinements, affix stuff. I don't do this. I never do this. In the beginning, yeah. So Makes that, sense that would for be you. a workflow killer for me. Like I, I don't have any struggles with um, getting distracted by social media or anything else from the real life, because like I have my extra room here in my studio, as in my apartment though, and mm. yeah, but it's just an extra room for for my studio, and. Um, so in, there's no really the distraction, yeah. And when when I when I'm when I'm starting to write and I get into that phase where I'm creative, like, yeah, nothing really stops me. I would say. What what shaped your workflow the most? Like like any inspirations or where do, where do you get mm. this from? Um, Honestly, I don't remember anymore. Like I made this switch um, from uh, when I made the switch from doing it back and forth as well and never mm-hmm. finishing the trick. I don't really know if there was one moment or one inspiration that I had, but what I really um, had in mind, like afterwards, like there's always like YouTube tutorials when producers show how mm. they work, and I. I already made the switch and I found out that it works for me and everyone's different, of course. Um, I found out like all the big guys that I would look up to and whenever I saw them show how they work, I, they always, I was always like, 
yeah, of course, he does it as well. I mean, there must be something. Like, all the big guys I were looking up to afterwards, when I found out how they work, they always mm -hmm. do it the same. They always are like, let's go as fast as you can. And, like, I, I and that kind of supported my, my, my feeling about, yeah, that should be right, what you're doing yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, it's always, I, I would always look at myself. If, if so everyone should look at himself does it work for me so it can also be that it doesn't work for you but I would say everyone should at least give that one a try because I I think it's just very good to do that's not meant to be a flex or something or I just want to give <laughs> you some inspiration to try it because I would, it say, is. <laughs> I would say out of 10 tracks I start I finish at least 9 or 10 mm. let's say there's one bad one right there as well yeah. Um, and I, I really think it's because I work that way and I had to yeah. force myself to try it um, but I really really recommend to everyone just do it for once or twice and see if it works for you or not it's mm -hmm. hard in, in the beginning um, I had to force myself as well but I was the same I was fin out of 10 I would say I finished one or two and after I made the switch and I forced myself I got better way way faster because like finishing tracks is a skill as well finishing tracks um if you never get to the point to finish a track like the learning curve is like not there are you always able to work on music like mentally or with the mindset like do, do you force yourself or um oh, actually that was my next question don't forget about the forcing one <laughs> I, I think I think we should combine that because it makes yeah. so much sense to do that. Okay, then um, then then you would need to take the other half of this of my fifth question as well because I it was like can okay. you force working on music and what do you do to get back on the road like let's say yeah you didn't make anything lately and you feel like you have to do something mm. what do you do to get back? Okay, you're. I mean, the, how you're. Uh, Asking this question is like probably an more artist. Create, yeah, what's what, what, exactly more on the creative for, side of things. But for me, it's like I'm getting um, uh, I'm I'm getting a project in, and I have maybe a week to do it, and I'm not feeling it. So I basically with with every with almost every project, I have a deadline. That's just how project works. Um, and but there are times where where I just don't have oh shit uh, where I just don't feel it in and and I I don't want to I actually don't want to work on on this track and yeah what do you do I I try ah uh, it 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 depends I mean I I try to schedule around it um and I try to work on music only when I really feel it. This is like the, the general approach. And sometimes this works. And some, no, oh, Jesus. And sometimes it doesn't. Oh my God. And, um, and if it, if, if it doesn't work like that, and if I, re if I really have to, uh, to get this project done. Oh, oh, there's the, shit. 
Um, then I usually I go for a walk. I try to go outside, reset my mind. Some oh shit. I'm out. Somehow, same. I try to reset my mind. Um, I try to do something completely different. Leave the house. Leave the studio. Leave like everything. Maybe have a coffee somewhere else. Um, yeah, that's that's for me the only thing I can keep up with deadlines. Um, so yeah, you you would just do do something very different and yes, and then just try to come back and, and yeah, reset the mind. Yeah, I think like for me, um, I just don't touch it then. Sometimes, sometimes I have, I have like, I can I cannot always work on music. So like there's a good good side of the thing or and the bad side of the thing like whenever I'm not able to work then I just don't do it and if mm. I, I try to force myself and I try to do some things like little sound design things or prepare some samples that you mm. could use later on but it wasn't for me like it's I'm I'm so unmotivated that I I I tried it a few times I mean also for some people this might work um, because like there's not much creativity necessary to prepare some samples or um... yeah, this, is this is actually a good point and I also do this as well just set up the session yeah this, the there's no just do some basic stuff that you can always yeah. do that and I don't have to l listen to it actually I don't have just have to set it up or set up other other sessions or like yeah yeah I always there's I mean like there's always something you I'm and that's what I never do. Like I never leave my artist project blank. Mm -hmm. uh, I always do something for it. Like yep. let's say I'm not creative, not creative at all at at for like two three weeks. Then you can work on promotion, marketing, get some get some stuff ready for you. Do, make a schedule, make a plan, do some covers. There's so much other stuff you could do. So I would say like I never stop working for my stuff, but working on music is like what I do like one or two times a month. Even like one time I even I wrote the delivery email before I started the project. Yeah, that's good too. This this was like um I did all the wording and yeah it was just a nice project and this it was strange because it really got me into the mood of what? I wanted to work on the project because I hyped the delivery email so yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> But it That's worked, also I mean, an interesting uh, idea. Yeah. Like what what I no. had happening to me yesterday, like, and so let's. I I I'm also running like my YouTube channel, and I want to keep up the game on my YouTube stuff. And um, yeah, lately I wasn't really motivated to make the videos because like you have to set everything up in your room. Um, mm -hmm. Oh my god, you have to cut everything. Everything takes time and stuff. And I had like someone commenting like i i think like it probably was like i don't know i don't want to say destiny but <laughs> this was funny because i i was struggling so much to get this next tutorial up so i make tutorials about every of my track and mm -hmm. i was working on the next track and i there was like one thing missing and i had to do it like five times to get it done because something always failed like I didn't enable the mic, stupid stuff, like, and I had to do it a couple of times and then I, I'm not motivating to do it anymore. And someone mm -hmm. yesterday gave me a comment like, hey, it would be cool if you could do a tutorial about that track. And that was exactly the one that I was working on and not finishing. And like, 
today I was like, okay, fuck it. Someone requested it, so I have to do it. Nice. So. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> and cool. right, I did it today, like directly. It's already, it's just um, on my laptop, on my second computer. It's just rendering out and I will upload it tomorrow. So sometimes Amazing. you need a little kick little, from the outside. Yeah, a little, little push. Yeah. Dude, do you, do you still I... have, do you still have uh, a question? I think I have one question. Yeah, this is like just the last question. And this was the one I just throw in there because I wanted to have a fifth question. Templates, do you use them? Templates, uh, I tried template? I tried it as well. I had like a template for my music and I had a template for mixing and it didn't work for me. Like I'm the person like who tries everything once and sees does it work? I'm, I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm questioning people who are just looking at someone who says like, yeah, you should do it like this. Um, yeah. I think that's never the right way. You can take like inspiration from someone. Even what we tell here right now could be completely wrong for you. Sure. Sure. Um, um, so, but, but what I would do is like always try out what anyone else tells you and tr see if it works for you as well. Mm. This is what I would do. So I, I saw people work with templates and I thought like, yeah, it makes sense. You work faster. Um, your tracks most of the time look the same. And when I was working with templates, um, I realized it harms my creativity because I always had to make the elements fit into my... So let's say there was like one for chords, yeah. one for leads, one for this. And you're already, when you're writing the music, you're already like, okay, now I need the lead. Now I need the chords. And it's like, you're going like, like robotic. It's, this It's not really creative. And yeah, it's more like a, like a recipe and yeah. you're and not really and working getting with innovative a, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's not innovative. You're, you're ending up always doing the same and stuff. So I don't, for cr writing music, I definitely don't recommend it. I mean, like try it out if it works for you. Maybe you get like productive as fuck when you do it. Also possible. But um, yeah, for me it doesn't work. I hate templates. It, 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 it might it might also depend on your on your DAW. Um because I could imagine in some DAWs you 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 need templates more than in others. Like for example you're you're in, in FL Studio and this is probably a door you you don't need a lot of like setup around the stuff you're actually doing. Um, if you're in like I don't know Pro Tools or or whatever, um, then you need to set up a little bit of a framework because every time you you need to to add another sound or a sample, you you have to track add a track. You have to decide if it's mono stereo, and then you have to browse your, your plugin library and your sample library and blah 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 so this takes also a lot of uh a lot of time and and your creativity takes also a hit doing that so you know um and that's why i think it's for you fl studio makes perfectly sense because you're actually able to move quickly without yeah. any yeah. template yeah but i think like in input in, put, in put writing music and producing it harms your creativity. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. On mixing and mastering, I would also work on templates. That's what I would yeah. do. If I would still 
mix my tracks by now. I had mixing templates for myself and I would still use them if I would need to do it. But yeah, on producing music, I don't think so. But yeah, I think you already answered it for yourself because yeah, you definitely do, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I definitely use templates. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, it's not, it's really just structure it's not anything creative um i'm basically this this is like only only routing for me yeah there's no there's no maybe maybe i had like on in wavelab on my master um on, like on the on the inserts of the track and the output i maybe have three different limiters and i can quickly choose one of the three or two of the three that fits the track. Yeah, right. So I think we actually are done with all the questions, right? So yeah, that was the music gaming talk with the topic um, workflow. Mm -hmm. um, if you have any questions, feel free to drop them in the comments. And yeah, let us know. Maybe you have some inspiration for future topics as well. Um, that we can talk about. We will, we will do this every week from now on, um, on every Thursday. And yeah, I don't know when we upload it to YouTube, but yeah, probably always a few days afterwards. Don't so yeah, me. thanks for the fun night with you, Nick, talking to you and playing Fall Guys. Yes, was fun. always, always a pleasure. Yeah, we, we we tried it for the first time. I, I actually like it. I mean, it's not a game I think you play like on a daily basis. No, but, but like, one, like once a week. Once, once a week I'm with friends, like together. This is a lot of fun, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Good thanks choice. everyone for tuning in. It was fun again. And yep. then we will see us, if you want, on Monday. Um, when we have the next playlist submissions. I will leave to Munich tomorrow. Um, oh, you're, we'll be... you're back on Monday, right? Yeah, I, I'm coming back okay. on Sunday. So Sunday evening Perfect. I'm back, so I'm back for the stream on Monday. Then we will check out your playlist submissions again. And on next Thursday, we are back with the music gaming talk. And yeah, see what topic we have next week. Yeah. All nice. right. So have a good evening, everyone. And see yeah. you on Monday.